0: Welcome to another broadcast of Hope for the Heart. My name is William Rogers and I'll be bringing the message again today as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of Revelation. And our context for today is uh, we're still in chapter 20 of the book of Revelation and I'm going to touch today just on a little bit of verse 3 because I didn't quite get through that verse last time. Then I want to touch on verse 4 and uh, we'll see how far we can get today. And uh, the title of the message today is, Who Will Live in the Kingdom? We've spent two weeks talking about either the Millennial Kingdom, which is uh, the kingdom that is to come, or Christ's earthly kingdom, just another name for it. And now I want to look at who will live in the kingdom, because that's a big uh, part of the scripture, is uh, giving us uh, details of this. So, let's read this. I want to read beginning in verse 3, and then I'll read Verse 4. Of the book of Revelation, chapter 20, beginning in verse 3, the word of God reads, and threw him into the abyss, shut it and sealed it over him, so that he should not deceive the nations any longer, until the thousand years were completed. After these things, he must be released for a short time, and that is Satan, the devil, uh, will be bound and then released again at the end of the the uh, kingdom age. And then verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they who sat upon them, and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of the testimony of Jesus, because of the word of God, those who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received the mark upon their forehead and upon their hand. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years." So I think the uh, thrust of what we're going to be looking at today is who are the they there in verse 4. It says, I saw thrones and they sat upon them. So we'll we'll be looking at that. And uh, uh, Last week I mentioned that God has always promised a kingdom. Uh, He promised a kingdom that would be eternal. He promised one that would be an earthly kingdom as well as one uh, that would be a heavenly kingdom. But in the Old Testament, the promises to Israel, the promises through the prophets speak of a kingdom that is earthly. They also speak of a kingdom that is heavenly, a kingdom that is here on this planet, and a kingdom that is in a complete different dimension, a kingdom that is measured by time, a kingdom that is beyond time. And so we see, I mentioned last week, all of this is combined uh, into God's purpose for the kingdom. But there will be a physical kingdom on earth in which Christ will physically reign here on earth in His glorified state. Uh, we've seen a picture of that, and we'll take a look at that next time. But we've we'll seen we've seen a picture of that in the Mount of Transfiguration, where uh, the three disciples Peter, James, and John see uh, the King or the Christ being trans uh, translated right in front of them to His earthly. Uh, glory that will be his kingly glory to, of which he will be in the kingdom and so uh, that's that's for next time i don't want to get too much into that but it's necessary that god do it this way He promised an earthly kingdom so he will bring it with him into that earthly kingdom will come people who are physical just like we are who haven't died now, that's the amazing thing Because I can't imagine this group of people who are going to be survivors of the tribulation period and yet are going to be able to walk right into that kingdom time and live uh, and keep living. And remember, every single person that walks into that kingdom will be a Christian. They will survive the time of tribulation. They will have been redeemed. They will come from the nation of Israel and other nations of the world. They will go into the earthly kingdom in the glorified, renewed, revived earth. They will have children. So natural reproduction will be going on. Natural processes in life will be and will continue to happen just like they are now. And so... There will still be a group of people on the earth who will have the right to believe or not believe. These are those born into the kingdom. And so the kingdom, while it is a fact, a kingdom given to God's people by way of fulfillment of His promises in the Old Testament, is also really the final time in which redemption can occur in the lives of human beings. That's going to be during that 1,000 years. And so there has to be in that kingdom, the final gathering together of the redeemed, and then can come the eternal state. Now that's just kind of a, a little overview of what we stated last week. So when we, when we see this, uh, it, it can be confusing to us. Who, who are these people? In fact, I, I'm not even sure we're able to really truly relate to what a kingdom actually is. But there's some features here that I, I think we need to be able to look at. And one is found in in the end of verse 3 of chapter 20 of Revelation. I mentioned it last time just briefly. It says, And threw him into the abyss and shut it and sealed it over him so that he should not deceive the nations any longer. Uh, He's chained with a great chain. This is Satan himself. He's locked in the abyss uh, with a key. It is shut, sealed, so that the world cannot at all be influenced by Satan. Now, this is during the kingdom. This is during that 1,000 years. The whole world will be influenced only by those purposes of Christ. In other words, Christ is reigning, not Satan. Satan will be totally out of the picture. You say, well, won't everybody on the earth who's born during the kingdom become a believer? Won't they be redeemed Uh, Won't they become Christians? And the answer is no, all of them will not. It's amazing to me to think about this. But amazingly, there will be these people who have fallen natures just like you and I do, who will reject Christ even though they're living in the kingdom itself and they have the privilege of seeing and hearing teachings about Christ and will not be influenced at all by Satan. I think it just shows us the depth of sin. But the point made here is all this is done to Satan, the middle of verse 3, so that he should not deceive the nations any longer. His deceptions are going to be over, they will not be characteristic of the times of this kingdom. So if people reject Christ, it will not be because they are. Deceived by the devil, they won't be able to say the devil made me do it. It will be because of their love of their own sin, as John chapter 3 points out. So, Satan is kept there, it says in verse 3, until the thousand years were completed. Now, he will be released for that period, a brief period of time. But you've got to ask, well, what will the world be like? What's going to be things that are characteristic of the world well from a moral standpoint it's going to be a a totally different world when christ comes and sets up the kingdom there will be no injustice just think about that one phrase there will be no injustice there will be peace everywhere righteousness will prevail and we're going to talk more about that in a little while but But think about this. The environmentalists, the people who are giving us headaches today and wanting to produce all of the electric uh, uh, things to eliminate carbons, uh, and you you see these environmentalists that are pushing so hard for these electric cars, and I I don't know, I just don't worry about that too much, Uh, as far as the, the what the world is, is is where the world is headed, I, I do my part. I will pick up trash. I will do everything I can to separate the uh, garbage and all that they ask me to do. But if they're worried about preserving the world, and I've, I've mentioned this to you before, and I know the other teachers have said this, wait till they see what Jesus is going to do to the earth during the tribulation period. It is going to be a mess on this world. He is going to destroy the thing. But what will the world of the millennial kingdom be like? Well, it's going to be a renewed. It's going to be a restored earth. Now, here's what's interesting. The people that are going to live make it. They're going to be survivors of the tribulation that have been redeemed. Remember, the sheep goat judgment does away with the unbelievers who survive. They'll all be killed but not believers. And they're going to be able to walk right into that kingdom and they're going to be a part of the new revived earth or restored earth. How different will that be? It's going to be a... It's going to be... I think it's going to be like they've walked onto another planet. And the we don't have time today to get into all the differences that are going to be there, but believe me, there will be a lot of differences in the in the tribulation earth and the kingdom earth. And we'll look at those at another time. uh, Maybe even get some of it tonight if we have time. But when the thousand years is over, Satan will be released. He must be released for a short time. Uh, He must be released for a very short season, I think is the way it actually renders it. Well why release him? Well, there's one final escapade. I think Satan is going to have the opportunity to collect all those people who have been born during the kingdom who have rejected Christ. Now, it's hard for me to even say that sentence, thinking about the privileged people born and living during the kingdom are going to still, many of them are going to still reject Christ. And the more you understand the kingdom and the more you understand the influence of what Christ's reign will have upon the kingdom, and the more you understand how no influence from Satan will be there upon the earth, the harder it is to understand that people will still reject Christ. And remember, when Jesus returns, he's not going to kill those who are believers. Many will be martyred, but... Many will stay or believe or will be alive during the end. In other words, they're going to be survivors. And like I said, the sheep goat judgment of Matthew 24 and 25 talk about this. The nation Israel that is promised a literal earthly kingdom, well, it's going to be here. And there will be people in that kingdom. uh, We know from every tongue, tribe, nation, and they'll be a part of that kingdom. They're going to be the ones who will live in the kingdom. They're all going to be believers initially and they'll reproduce, they'll have children and the earth will multiply rapidly, it says. The exponential growth over that period for a thousand years will populate uh, the entire earth with millions and millions and millions of people. And those people born during that thousand years, it says, anyone who dies a hundred years of age will die as a child. Because the conditions of the earth are going to be so different, people are going to go back to living longer lives like they did before the flood. Therefore, they will reproduce vast greater numbers of people. In other words, the the time of having children will be extended. Couples can have many more children for many more years. They'll live long and therefore reproduction will be more. Some of them will put their allegiance in the Lord Jesus Who reigns over the earth and some of them because of their love for their own sin will reject Christ. I can't even imagine such a thing, but it is absolutely true. And you see that in verse 7 and 8, Satan is released from his prison to come out to deceive the nations and gather them and uh, we'll take a look at that when we get there. But for this morning, some people think that everybody would accept Christ if he uh, we're presented clever enough uh, or this re- the possibility of seeing a live Jesus walking upon the earth or walking around and, and being able to go and see that if you had a way to get there. Uh, but you got to remember, it's the sin nature. Seeing Christ through physical is not what gets people saved. We're going to take another look at that in a little while. Uh, if not today, then next time. So we see that uh, there will be people living. There will be this time of testing at the end, but we're not going to look at that testing at the end. Instead, I want to move right into verse 4, 5, and 6, at least part of that. And look at what verse 4 says. I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given to them, and I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of the testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast or his image had not received the mark upon their forehead, upon their hand. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. And that, that is really what I want to focus on. Uh, this is the first resurrection. It says there, uh, and, and it is it's a major point. To be able to to get through some of this thing, but in verse four and then again in verse six, it says they're going to reign with him. So the second feature of the kingdom, and uh, we're looking at them in, in bits and pieces. The first was Satan. The second one is the is the uh, uh, the saints. Uh, who are these saints and who are these reigning? So you go back to chapter nineteen, verse sixteen, and he has a name written on his thigh. This is. The Lord Jesus Christ that has returned King of kings and Lord of lords. And I want you to know, in everything I'm talking about here as far as reigning with Christ, I'm not talking about taking the sovereignty of God away from Christ. He was the one that is the, the supreme one reigning, is Jesus Christ. The scripture says we will reign with Christ. Somehow we will be involved in the expression of his will. We will be his agents, carrying out his wishes, carrying out his will in this world where flesh is still going to be walking the earth like it is now. But we will not be in the flesh. Uh, he will, of course, destroy his enemies and enemies as we note at the end of chapter 19, set up his kingdom. Uh, he will become king of kings, lord of lords, but we will reign along. long way Side Jesus Christ, carrying out his will. He will be in that day the king. No one can, can say anything about that. Uh, and so that, that we're not trying to diminish that at all. I'm just giving you what the verses say about verse 4. I saw thrones, and they sat upon them. Judgment was given to them. Now, again, in Luke chapter 1, verse 32... Uh, Christ will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High, and Lord God uh, will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob, and his kingdom will have no end. Uh, he came as a king. Uh, one writer puts, "He came as a king. He was rejected as a king. He died as a king, scorned. He will return as King of Kings and Lord of Lords to reign, and we are going to be privileged to reign with him." Now, let me clarify who the we are. We are those who are with Christ now. We are those who have, uh, will have died in Christ. When, we, when he comes back, we are going to reign with him. We're going to explain that as we go uh, through this. So to understand that, we would simply have to say, all the world leaders, all the governors, all the prime ministers, all the real leaders of the world, including judges, uh, those in charge of municipalities, uh, cities, police departments, education, uh, the, the judicial processes, all those responsible for legislation, and all those responsible for everything that is going on across the face of the earth during the time of the the, uh, the kingdom, will have to be saints who will have delegated the delegated authority of the Lord Jesus Christ Himself to carry out His will everywhere. Now, I can't even imagine. What, that, what that's going to be like, and I'm saying that based on uh, the, this, the information that we have all through the scriptures. Remember, I said chapter 20 is the framework that, upon which we can hang all the other elements of the kingdom onto this framework. Chapter 20 of Revelation can't give us every aspect of the kingdom. John doesn't even try to. Or the angels revealing this to John, don't try to give us all. It's just a a quick framework to show in the course of things, the the order of things, when this happens, it comes after Christ comes to the earth, and it will be a time of literal reigning upon this earth. So as John sees this vision of the reign of the saints, he first looks and sees A panorama of all of God's people resurrected, rewarded, and reigning with Christ. Verse 4, I saw thrones. That's the first thing he sees, thrones. Well, there's only two kinds of thrones. Uh, One's judicial, one's regal. And we say that's where the king takes his place. It's either a judicial or regal place of authority. We will rule, that is to say, we will enforce the will of God and we will adjudicate, we will judge. Again. Saints will judge. This is who we're talking about. So, when the title that I'm giving today, "Who will live in the kingdom?", I'm talking about the saints are going to be living there, as well as those who have physical bodies who survive the tribulation and who uh, intermarry with those uh, that are on, in the in the flesh, and they will continue to have babies and continue to populate the earth. But the saints who have all died have resurrected bodies. We will rule the earth with Christ. We will carry out his desire, his wishes. We will judge. And by the way, there's no need for checks and balances because these leaders and judges are all perfect. Think about that. I, we, we can't imagine that kind of a world. That's why I think so many people don't understand the kingdom. It's because they can't imagine what a real kingdom like this would actually look like. Or how you would actually operate in a world where there's no uh, unrighteousness at all. All righteousness will be executed perfectly and swiftly. And we're going to see where that's found in Ezekiel. is found. And the Lord will rule with a rod of iron, which means instantaneous, swift judgment. He says, "Ah," but John says here in Revelation 20, I saw thrones. It's a time of reigning and ruling. There's no way uh, that we can equate this with today when people say we're in the kingdom now. Well, we're we're not reigning on thrones. Uh, And uh, I know for a fact, Satan is not bound, impossible. This is a completely different world. And it's perfectly suited to the destruction of the the world which now exists. Uh, And and so, I look at this and I I think, well, wow, very few, I think, people have understanding of this. Because we don't hear this. I know growing up, I, I did not hear sermons on the on oh, the kingdom and, and the characteristics of the kingdom. And who's going to reign in the kingdom and who's going to live in the kingdom and the kind of world atmosphere or economic or ecological concerns there would be. I I don't think I ever heard that. But this is John says I saw thrones. Uh, they set upon them. Uh, they becomes uh, pretty much of a, uh, a nightmare for some translators. They just can't see who the they is. The Lord, couldn't you at least have told us who they are? I saw thrones and they sat on them. And I think it doesn't say any more about that because it's patently obvious who they are. You say, well, who are they? Well, to answer the question simply, this is the way I approach. I saw thrones and they sat upon them. All right, then who are they? If we can't see the immediate answer to that, then we have to go back into the Old Testament or even parts of the New Testament and say, well, who was promised they would have thrones or sit on thrones when they died and go into heaven? If you can answer that question, then you might be able to answer who this they are. Uh, And so who did he promise that he would put on the throne would be the question that's before us because we have to be able to answer that one. And so in order to do that, We can go to Daniel chapter 7. Uh, You don't have to turn there. You can just listen if you like. But Daniel chapter 7 verse 18. But the saints of the highest one or the most high will receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever for all ages to come. There you go. The saints. Verse 22. The ancient of days came. That's God. Judgment was passed in favor of the saints of the highest one. And the time arrived when the saints took possession of the kingdom. Verse 27. This is Daniel being able to see what's going on in heaven from the vantage point of heaven itself. Then the sovereignty, the dominion, the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven will be given to the people of the saints, of the the highest one. His dominion, his kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom and all the dominions will serve and obey him. That's what Daniel says. Three times it says the kingdom will be given to the saints. To the saints, the sovereign dominion, the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven will be given to the people, the saints of the highest one. So first of all, Old Testament saints are who are going to be seen here by John in Revelation 20 when he says, I saw thrones and they sat upon him. The first group of people in the they would be Old Testament saints. And in Matthew, uh, we see another uh, aspect of the who they, they are. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 28, Peter's talking to the Lord about the kingdom. He says, we've left everything and followed you. What will there be for us? What's going to be in our future? So Peter's saying, not only for himself, but all those who have followed Christ and left everything. So Jesus says, truly I say to you that you have followed me in the regeneration. That's another name for the kingdom. The restitution, the regeneration. When the Lord regenerates the whole earth, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you also shall set shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, and fathers, or mothers, or children, or farms, for my name's sake, shall receive many times as much and inherit eternal life. So Daniel chapter sees the Old Testament saints. Matthew chapter 19 sees... I guess between the Old Testament and the New Testament when Jesus was uh, in his uh, incarnation walking the earth. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, another designation for the people. And I hope you can follow, follow some of this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 2 and 3, it says, Do you not know? Uh, no, other words, this is common knowledge. You're not ignorant about this, are you? So the saints will judge the world. Uh, pretty explicit language here. Verse 3, Do you not know that we'll even judge angels how much more the matters of this life? And this is the New Testament saints he's talking about. And again, you see it uh, written in in 2 Timothy 2.12, 1 Peter 2.9. So what we have got so far is Daniel talks about Old Testament saints. Jesus himself talks about the apostles and all who follow him. And the apostle Paul, through 1 Corinthians talks about the saints, the New Testament saints are going to rule and reign. Then you come to Revelation repeatedly here, Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, uh, to him who overcomes, I will grant authority to sit with me and rule the nations. Uh, so not just for Christ, but he who overcomes in Christ, that's believers. Revelation chapter 3 repeats the same thing. He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne. Revelation 5.10. Uh, thou hast you have made them that is redeemed to be a kingdom of priests, and they will reign upon the earth. Uh, Revelation 5.10 again. It couldn't be more clear. They will reign and they will sit upon the earth. They will reign upon the earth. So you have so far with the they found in verse 4 of chapter 20 of Revelation. You saw thrones, or John saw thrones, and they sat upon them. They is uh, Old Testament saints, New Testament saints, those saints that are living during the time, or who were here during the time uh, when Christ walked the earth. They're going to reign as part of that day, and all the saints of all ages by this time, by the time the kingdom starts, with all that has been resurrected, with all, all of them will have glorified bodies. You have the rapture of the church, and they are glorified there, those that are living at that time. So at the end of the time of tribulation, Daniel 12:2, you have the resurrection of the Old Testament saints to get them into the kingdom, their glorified form, All the saints of all ages will reign. But then he goes on to say in verse four, it says, I saw throes and they had set upon them and judgment was given to them. This is all the saints of the Old Testament and New Testament and through even the church age. And then it says, and I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of the testimony of Jesus, because of the word of God, because those who had not worshipped, Uh, And those who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark upon their forehead or upon their hand, they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So who is this? This is the tribulation saints. So in other words, it's going to be all saints of all times. So you've got the last group included, and these are called souls, first of all, because they initially hadn't been raised he said i saw their souls who had been beheaded uh and upon their and then they came to life and lived with christ uh for a thousand years so you've got the resurrected old testament saints you've got resurrected saints that follow jesus you've got the new testament saints you've got the resurrected tribulation saints and it's all the resurrected saints who reigned. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The martyrs who have been beheaded, beheaded really can mean technically they're just put to death, or it can literally mean they uh, had their heads cut off with an axe, uh, are going to reign with Christ. You find them in chapter 6, verse 9, the martyrs under the altar. This is Revelation 6, 9. You find him in chapter 18, verse 24. You find him in chapter 19, verse 2. All those who were massacred by Satan's uh, leadership on the earth and his reign of terror, he said, I saw them, those who were killed because of the testimony of Jesus, because of the word of God. Those two marvelous phrases you find in chapter 1, verse 9, and in chapter 12, verse 17, repeated four times because their testimony of Jesus was, because of their testimony of Jesus, because of their devotion to the word of God, they lost their lives. They are going to be reigning and ruling on thrones during the the kingdom age. So they are the same ones who had not worshiped the beast or his image, had not received the mark of the beast. Uh, You remember we we saw that in Revelation 13 and 14. Uh, by the way, when it says they came to life and reigned with Christ, can't mean anything but resurrection. Same word is used in John eleven twenty five when it says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. In other words, it's a resurrection word. And it's given right there in Revelation chapter 20, verse 4. That's exactly what the word means, and it doesn't mean anything but that. It is used that way in in Romans, Revelation, uh, I think, eight or nine times. And it's even used that way in Revelation 20, right here in verse five. So you have the Old Testament saints in glorified bodies. That's what you have reigning during the, the time when people will be walking the earth and living during the kingdom. You've got physical bodies and you've got spiritual bodies Living in the same kingdom at the same time on the earth for a thousand years. New Testament Christians in glorified bodies. Tribulation saints in glorified bodies. The whole mass of resurrected, rewarded believers reigning in the kingdom. They will reign with Christ a thousand years. So during the time of the kingdom then, we carry out the rule or the purposes of God. In other words, we simply do what christ wants us to do we don't make up our own mind we don't have uh, uh our sin nature guiding us and trying to do things for to manipulate the law or to manipulate people or to make ourselves look good we're going to be doing exactly what christ wants us to do in fact first corinthians fifteen twenty four says then comes the end and he delivers up The kingdom to God the Father when he abolished all rule and authority and power he must reign until he's put all enemies under his feet. And and so, and so we find that that is really where it's all going to head. Ultimately Christ will reign supremely. But we will under Christ reign with him until finally the kingdom is over on earth and he establishes the eternal kingdom. That is an amazing thing to see. It is something that uh, is real. It is something that is true. This kingdom is coming and who will live in the kingdom? Physical human beings, physical bodies, able to reproduce and populate the world. Also, who will live in the kingdom are all of us believers today and all the believers from all times. We will have our spiritual glorified bodies, and we're going to be able to walk and talk with those physical bodies. Now, is that fictitious? I No. This is actually the Word of God. It really will happen. I can't explain it. I can just show you where the Word of God says it. So, again, I'm out of time, but I thank you for joining me today, and so join us next time as we continue this verse-by-verse study into the book of Revelation.